Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge Television, brought to you by our good friends at Ditch Witch. Bass Edge Television is currently on the Wild TV Network in Canada and the World Fishing Network here at home, and we'll be back on the Versus Network starting in January of 2009, which will happen pretty soon. This is Outdoors Dan, like I said, my good friend Aaron Martin, who is the host of Bass Edge, is with me. Aaron, who's on the uh, podcast this week? Hey, you know, I'm, I'm excited about this week. Of course, I'm excited about every week, but we, this week we have up Randy Howe, B-A-S-S Elite Angler, and, um, you know, he just got off his third-place finish there at Old Hickory, uh, and I'm sure he's going to enlighten us on uh, what he has to say. Really? Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. And uh, who else do we have on the inside edge? Well, the other thing that's coming up is Mac Archer from Mercury Marine, and we're going to go over some mid-season tech tips, and uh, he promises to give us some, some good tips for uh, helping to cut down on the consumption of this expensive fuel that we're seeing. And we all know that we need that. <laughs> no question. All right, folks, we need to get going, so it's all right here for you on the edge. You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On. Experience the revolution. Oh, look here. I got one. I got one. Look here. (laughs) I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish. Good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Woo, look at that something gun, man. That's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. Welcome to The Edge, Aaron Martin. This is Outdoors Dan. And, you know, Aaron, uh, a lot of people are sending in their questions and signing up for the newsletters, and you guys got to be happy with the response. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just with, uh, of course, it, it helps, obviously, now by, by adding uh, the additional network there with uh, the World Fishing Network, WFN. But, um, you know, normally in the summertime, people kind of are doing some traveling and vacationing, and, and you might think that uh, that would be a cause for tapering off on some of the activity, but great questions are coming in, some great responses and feedback, and of course, uh, we're going wide open with, with all the filming. So. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. What about this lake turnover stuff we hear so much about? That, that is a great question, and we are obviously quickly here being here at the end of the July. Um, lakes will are, are quickly approaching that. You know, what you see or, or what the turnover actually is, is the oxygen starts to stratify and starts to scatter uh, throughout the water column. And if you think about, you know, that a bass likes to be comfortable, has to have food, uh, what that will do is it not only affects their comfort level, but it also affects the comfort of the bait fish and the, and the things of which they feed on. So, mm-hmm. therefore, they become pretty scattered. But, you know, I would like to draw attention to, you know, we did a, a whole podcast last year with Brian Snowden specific to lake turnover. And I think that's something that probably all of us could go back and listen to as we uh, start approaching the dreaded dog days. And I understand you guys have some new golf equipment out. Golf equipment? Yeah. Uh, Widgets? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, I'm going to take my mulligan then, Dan. <laughs> no, no, the widgets, uh, that, that's just basically the new technology that has been added uh, to the website that allows uh, the latest information to be sure and hit your web browser, um, knowing when there's a new podcast, new article, new information that's out and about. So What exactly is a widget? I, I don't, you, look who you you're don't. asking. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm an idiot bow hunter. I mean, come on. Basically what it does is it just allows you to have multiple things going on on your desktop without having to, to kind of... So it's like an application. Brand. 
It, it is. It's an application, and it's more okay. or less a kind of a reminder that says, hey, this is happening over at Bass Edge. Now, see, if you would have said application, I kind of would have known that. Well, your vocabulary, I guess, is more expanded than Which mine. Is, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just totally Hey, lost. I just do what I'm told, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come up with a name. <laughs> I'm just asking. Any uh, latest merchandise at the e-store? It's, it's all uh, all still there. Yeah, season 1 and Season 2 DVDs are, are shipping, and, uh, you know, we're able to just kind of as a reminder, all those uh, that had uh, pre-ordered on those, we basically lowered the price, and those who had to wait on Season 1 are also going to find themselves receiving a complimentary copy of Season 2 just uh, for you waiting there. But then we also have that uh, the new Electronics Deep Fishing DVD, which certainly this time of year is very applicable. It not only goes into you know the programming of the electronics step-by-step, how to do that, very, very easy, but also then we go out and show you the results that we have on the water and what those differences uh, in the programming that we do on the electronics, how you're able to see your bait, all the way down to your swivel, you can see the fish come up and get it. So another great product. Well, there you go. Hey, you know what, Aaron? we got a great interview coming up. We have Randy Howell, and he's going to talk about jigging. Yeah, swimming a jig. And, you know, of course, I love listening to all the secrets that uh, other anglers have, and, and I'm sure he's not going to let us down on this one. It'd be good. You want to get going? Let's do it. Folks, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back for you right here on The Edge. Give any type of boat the edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere. If you own a boat, you need one of these. MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140, and best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Welcome back to The Edge, brought to you in part by Ditch Witches Zon, establishing a new standard in trencher power and versatility. All right, we are back on The Edge, and joining us today is BASS elite angler, Randy Howe. Randy, thanks so much for being part of The Edge. Man, thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here today. Congratulations on what a great season. You know, you're currently uh, setting in 10th place in uh, the Bassmaster standings. Certainly puts you well in uh, classic contention. Also, just coming off of a third place finish a few weeks ago there at Old Hickory Lake, so that that's got to feel pretty good. Man, it does. I am so excited to be coming back, getting a little break, and having a good season going. I'm not going into the last events worried about making the classic. Now I can actually fish to try to win and not try to make the classic. So that's a great feeling. Well, it's got to be, and certainly that it has to place a, a little different thought process um, going into those last events. Yeah, it does. I've, I've been, I'm typically a consistent fisherman, you know, catching limits. I try to always be consistent and try to be in the Classic, and I made it seven times out of the last 11 years, but last year I missed it by two spots, and I fell out in the last event at Florida. And that's always the worst feeling to fall out of something. So I'm glad that I've I had a good season this year, and, and I don't have to worry about that here at the end of the year. And coming off your recent finish back in uh, kind of the last weekend of June there at, at Old Hickory, you know, you were quoted as saying, I just rolled along, and everything was pretty smooth as far as decision-making. It felt good, and I felt good about my decisions, you know. And, and I think that is something that, regardless if you're a competitor or just a recreational fisherman, uh, decision-making plays a huge role in your success as an angler. Yeah, that is a great point, Aaron, because that, that is the biggest thing that I've struggled with over my career uh, for 16 years now is, is self-confidence as an angler in your in your decisions, and that's what the difference in the Van Dams and Reese and the rest of the guys out there 
is the ability to make good decisions and or make your decisions good. As I say, either way, you gotta you gotta run with it, and you gotta have confidence in it, and and it's gotta work. And and you can't second guess your instinct. And as an angler, as a professional angler, especially, and that's something that I do a lot. And having an event, having this year, I've made better decisions, and I haven't been pressured and stressed out on the final moments to, to fall out of the cut or things like that but i have missed a couple cuts this year close because i didn't catch my fifth fish so having an event at old hickory where i just totally went on instinct didn't really have any prior knowledge uh, because we couldn't get any information due to the change in the venue it really made it a, a really pure tournament as clun and rojas both said and and that is where i think i fish my best at when i'm able to change around and fish 10 different baits and in eight hours and catch one on each thing you know and end up having a good day well you know each week through bass edge television then also on the website and, and here on the edge uh one of our team members dr jay mcnamara who has the book out the psychology of exceptional fishing talks a lot about um the psychological factors that go into fishing how much or how little of an emphasis do you place on you know what is going through your head kind of in the i guess thoughts you know throughout the day yeah it is it's the biggest thing without a doubt uh that that helps you win or lose or you know do fair or do good or do great or not do good at all and it's all mental and especially at our level on the elite series because all the hundred anglers are good anglers and anybody on that tour can win on any given day as far as the ability to fish and catch fish but finding fish and then making the decisions to give up on an area or give up on what you're doing uh, on a whim and go do something totally different or do something in a totally different area that's something that takes a lot of mental confidence and a lot of uh, you know a lot of experience too over the years of making those decisions so uh, without a doubt, it is 100% to me between the ears right there when you're when you're in those high-pressure situations. And, and last week, really, I mean, that tournament at Old Hickory really boosted my confidence, you know, because it really went the way I wanted it to go. Well, and speaking of confidence, I know one of the things that, that you're not only confident in but also very good at is is the, the topic or the technique of swimming a jig. Could you perhaps, you know, define what that actually is before we dive off into the specifics of it? Okay, yes. Yeah, swimming a jig is a very, very widespread uh, type of a technique that can be done from coast to coast, north to south, uh, anywhere in the country. If you fish that has shallow water and has cover and has bass in shallow water cover, that is where swimming a jig will work somewhere in that area. And it's a lot of different little technicalities that you that you can do and make changes in colors and styles and equipment, different stuff like that. It's real important to maximize your success with that type of technique. When you hear swimming a jig, and you know the waters have been muddied a little bit in the bait industry uh, concerning the, these the different styles of jigs that are out there. Are you referencing just a jig without a blade on the front of it? Is this just the traditional, you know, flipping style jig? Yeah, it, it is a. You can pretty much swim any type of jig, but there is a certain, you know, there are certain jigs that come through vegetation better than others. You know, the one I use and prefer is a, is a Jig X made by Vertical Lures. Jig X is the only one in the industry that has a line tie underneath of the head and the into the collar, so to speak, on the back side of the collar of the skirt collar. So the line goes through the head of the jig and ties underneath. So there's no line tie, no knot nothing to grab or catch on the grass or on the wood so it actually swims through stuff a lot more subtle and doesn't grab on stuff and hang up on stuff 
and that jig is a lot better, I think, than others because I've used all of them. And you can fish any other jig like that, and you can catch fish on other jigs, but I like to try to maximize my success. You know, if you get one or two more bites because your jig goes through the grass better, uh, that's why I want to throw it. Can you set the, I guess, the perfect situations of which you like to swim a jig in, whether it be, you know, type of cover, depth of water, water clarity, those type of things? Yeah, my favorite style of uh, cover that I look for the swimmer jig in is the standing shoreline grass, which uh, I mean, in Alabama they call it the Coosa River grass, which is like a water willow type grass, I think it's called. When I won the uh, uh, Bass uh, E50 at Lake Dardanelle in Arkansas about four years ago, it had that same type of standing shoreline grass, and I caught them swimming a jig in that event won that tournament doing that because I don't think it had really been done there. And... That grass that is scattered enough that you can throw a bait in there and, and get your bait down into the water and bring the bait through the grass, you know, that is the kind of cover that I like to look for most. Uh, then also shallow wood, lay down trees that are laying in shallow water, uh, boat docks that are floating or standing in shallow water. Anywhere that uh, you've got something in the water that holds fish that's usually five or six foot deep or less, that's what I look for to swim a jig. So when you're targeting this type of cover, um, you know, whether it be wood, boat docks, grass, are you throwing it out there, letting it sink to a certain depth, uh, making contact with the cover? Uh, usually the, when you, you make your initial cast, I'm, I'm casting the bait almost into the dirt or into really, really shallow, a few inches of water. As soon as it hits the water, I'm, I'm instantly, you know, you're, you're, it's a hand-eye coordination deal. you really got to be watching the jig. And as soon as it hits the water, I'm bringing it back quick. And, I'm, and as I start to raise the rod tip and start reeling it fast, I'm popping and shaking kind of my wrist and, and working the, the bait with your, a lot of wrist action. Uh, that's why I don't like to use an, an extra-large rod. You know, usually I'm a fan of seven to seven-and-a-half-foot rods on just about everything, but on swimming the jig, I like to use a six-foot-ten heavy action, just a little shorter, stiff rod, because you can put that snapping and popping action into it and get that erratic nature that you need that jig to give when it comes through that cover. So are you, let's say, whenever you uh, work the, the bait or reel the bait in closer, and if the, the slope of the bank is dropping off, do you allow it to sink with the contour or the slope of the bank? I mostly gradually let it sink with the cover. If I'm in grass, I'm keeping it right under the surface. You know, I'm watching the bait. I'm actually keeping it in, in my visual uh, zone the whole time through the grass, and I'm, I'm letting it bump and pop off the grass and kind of flicker the water. I'm trying to keep, keep the bait and the braid, because braided line is a big, big key to catching the fish on that deal like you need to do it. And I use 50-pound spider wire stealth braid. Uh, when I'm coming through that grass and you're popping that jig, that braid gives a little clicking sound, almost like a crawfish. And I think that is something that also gets a little better reaction bite sometimes. So if I'm bringing it through grass, I'm keeping it up. I'm bringing it through wood tree limbs and such, if they're up shallow sticking out of the water, I'm keeping it on the surface, and as the tree gradually goes down deeper into the water out of sight, I'll let the jig go down out of my sight, but I'm continuing to pop it and slow it down as I'm bringing it through there. And most of those bites, if you don't see them flash on the surface and get it, you'll just be popping along and your line will start going sideways or you'll feel it going slack coming at you, and that's why those fish react so quickly to it. Speaking of the noise and the popping sound, uh, do you throw this jig with a rattle on it, or is it just pretty much a naked jig? Yeah, I definitely like to have rattles on it. Uh, on the Jig X, we've got a banded rattle. Uh, the band is a double rattle that you snap two rattles onto the 
skirt band, and I, I like, and it gives off a lot of noise. And they've got a glass rattle that comes with the Jig X that actually gives off a lot of sound. I think sound is important in that because I've noticed at times where I would, you know, hit hit a dock hard or something and maybe knock one of my rattles off and not notice it and uh, not get a bite for a little bit. And then you look at it and you say, man, I lost my rattle, and you snap your rattle to back on there, and you go back to getting bit. So sometimes I think it definitely helps to have that rattle. What about as far as the, the weight of the jig? Do you experiment with head sizes? Yeah, I use mostly a 3 8 ounce. Uh, I like the 3 8 ounce, especially in the Jig X, because that particular head size is a really small head. It almost looks like a quarter-ounce head because the way the, the Jig X is molded. Uh, it has it has some lead in the neck as well as the head itself, so you've got a balanced weighted head on the jig. And uh, a quarter ounce, most of the time, is a little too light for me because I like to keep the bait moving fast, and, and in order to do that, you've got to have enough weight there to keep it down in the water. And a half ounce, uh, I will change to a half ounce occasionally if I'm really getting those really fast reaction bites and I'm throwing in grass that's, uh, if I'm fishing weeds that are maybe four or five feet deep or, or boat docks that are four or five feet deep and I want the jig to get down uh, two or three feet and I want to still bring it kind of fast also and that half ounce will allow it to stay down a little bit better. Kind of moving to the business end of the jig now, um, do you throw the jig with the trailer? Yeah, the trailer is real important. Uh, for the time of the year that I'm fishing, if I'm fishing in uh, pre-spawn, spawn-type times of the year, and, and like, say, February, March, April, May, depending on your part of the country, I like a, to mimic a shad a lot of times, bait fish, and that's when I'll use the white, you know, the white or silver, white, gold, flash-type jigs like that, and then I'll use a just a white uh, Yamamoto twin-tail uh, grub trailer, just a swimming grub, double-tail grub trailer on that, and then as I move into the warmer months after the spawn when the bass are starting to key in on bluegill uh, brim and then into crawfish months through the summer and into the fall i'll uh i still like that double tail twin tail grub you know yamamoto trailer but i'll i'll go to more of the natural color jig like the uh the cayuga crawl which i fished last week it's kind of a green pumpkin and uh brim type mixture colored skirt or a crawfish type skirt bayou crawl and i'll use the green pumpkin a trailer or something like a purple-green Christmas, depending on the, the type of watercolor to mimic that crawfish or brim. Uh, the, then you can use, uh, I did use uh, in that one picture and I ran out of the double tail that I was using, and I used a speed crawl, which is just a little paddle tail crawfish feet. Uh, something, anything that's really giving off some sound, I think, along and some swimming sound behind that jig, that's the key to give a little bulk to the jig and kind of keep it as a as a big profile and not not too small that's what i like to look for so you're basically matching your trailer with uh, the type of forage that the bass are feeding on at the given seasonal seasonal yeah, pattern right. that that's exactly right and then i think it's uh really important and, and most of the time you, you can fish a double tail grub and not go wrong with any any place you're fishing you know as long as you're matching it up with the jig and the color of the forage and that's usually what's going to work good Kind of in our last uh, closing minute or so, Randy, is this a, a a technique that is limited to one particular season? Um, I think seasons uh, it is definitely a, a, a pattern that can work in all seasons, depending on the part of the country that you're in. But uh, what I really like the most is the postpone season, that postpone months through the uh, early summer, and then in the fall again, that's when I like that is swimming jig. But it's something you need to try anytime, any place in your area. 
if you have shallow water cover and shallow water bath. Well, Rainey, I hate to say it, but we are out of time, but great information. Thank you so much for being part of the Edge, but uh, here in the meantime, is there any closing thoughts that, that you have? Yeah, if anybody out here that's on Bass Edge watching or reading on the uh, Internet need to see the Ask a Pro section on there, send some questions in. If you've got any questions I can answer to help you catch more fish, uh, feel free to send those in, and we'll get it uh, get it back to you as soon as we can. Well, thank you so much, Randy, and uh, look forward to talking with you again in the future, and best of luck at the upcoming Classic. Well, thanks a lot for having me on Bass Edge, Aaron. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Swimming a jig, man. I tell you what, he really enjoys jig fishing. Oh, he does. And, uh, you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying that that technique probably has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, he's setting 10th place in, in the Angler of the Year standings, uh, you know, on the BASS Elite side. I, I don't have the patience to jig fish like I should. I, and, you know, it, how do you keep doing that every single day? I mean, if it was me, I'd go crazy. Well, and, you know, that, hey, that's how these guys make their living. Um, you know, so that, that certainly adds a, a different level to it. But the other thing is about swimming a jig, you know, and speaking of the patience there, is that, you're actually moving, you know, mm-hmm. you're able to move the bait because you're you're moving it through the water much like you would a spinnerbait and making that, that shallow cast, uh, you know, running it parallel, let's say, to the logs or through the brush or even, you know, this time of year, uh, like something that he pointed out was on the dock fishing. And, you know, when we talked with a couple of weeks ago with Guido Hibden and how he pitches that worm up right. in there and lets that worm, skips yeah, skips that worm up right. in there, you know, this is going to allow you to basically... Uh, try and target those fish that are holding right up underneath uh, of those floating docks. Yeah, I, you know what, if he's using it like a spinnerbait, if he's actually cranking it in it consistently, that's fine. But when you got to sit there and just bounce it a couple times, wait, reel in a few few cranks, bounce it a couple times, that drives me nuts. Well, and, and, and it is, you know, and, and certainly that's why I think a lot of times you'll hear the anglers and even uh, Dr. McNamara talk about making sure that that you're fishing your strengths because if you don't, a if you don't have the confidence in it, if your heart's not in in that technique, uh, then obviously it's going to impact the results at the end of the day. But swimming a jig again just shows the versatility of a jig and and not having to just necessarily always make contact on the bottom. But it is it's a it's a little bit different technique that I think. Um, you know, works very, very well. And and the other thing that he brought up, and I have not tried this, so I would love to hear some feedback on the listeners, but uh, Jig X that he referenced, that type of jig, which it has basically a sleeve that goes down through uh, the head of the jig so that the eye is actually below uh, the piece of lead actually on your jig head, so it's actually mm-hmm. protected. I would like to know, you know, their feedback on those who've had experience with that and, and see if um, if they agree or disagree. Yeah, and well, it must work because he just finished third at Old Hickory. Yeah, I don't know how much more proof that that you need than that. Uh, anytime you can take a check home, I'm gonna listen to you. Right, but you know, I, I think the fact that you know bringing out that it's very effective year round, that he keeps it pretty simple, you know, concerning mm-hmm. picking uh, the size of the jig that he's going to swim, but also then his trailer selections, you know, of, of what he's actually tipping that jig with, you know, if, if it's a shad. The time of the year that the bass are feeding on shad, he's going to pick and select a color as well as a trailer that's going to mimic more of a of a bait fish. If it's more crawfish, you know, time of year, then he's probably going to go into more of a of an actual crawdad style trailer or crawfish style trailer 
uh, along with, you know, some of the more browns and the oranges or the reds that's going to mimic, you know, the type of, of crawfish that are, that are in the body of water that he's fishing. Yeah, or as like they say in Sullivan, Missouri, pumpkin seed. Pumpkin seed, there you go. There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, w- wonderful interview. Randy Howe, what a great guy. And uh, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. We sure did. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more from him. Absolutely. All right, you ready to get out of here? Because we got to go and get ready for the Inside Edge. We'll catch you right back here on the Edge. You've got the truck. You've got the toys. Now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both. It's the tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. You want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 tow and pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made B&W famous. The tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. Call 1-866-BEST-HITCH. Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. We are back on The Edge and joining us for yet another installment of this week's Inside Edge edition is Mercury OEM Business Development Manager, and that is Mr. Mac Archer. Mac, thanks so much for being part of The Edge. Hey, Aaron, thank you very much. We're, we're very uh, glad to participate with you today. Well, you know, uh, we've, we've kind of reached actually a little bit beyond the, kind of the mid-year status, but here being towards the end of July, you know, we're still in that hot weather, and, and summertime is kind of bearing down on us. Uh, we'd like to get into a few things, but first off, is it true, is it fact or fiction that there's actually some loss of horsepower, you know, once you get into the, the hotter temperatures? Hey, that's a great question, you know, and it is very much true. Uh, any internal combustion engine can lose as much as 15% of its horsepower on a hot, humid day. Yeah, well, what are, are there things as anglers and boat owners that we need to do, you know, to kind of uh, curb that? You know, the, the uh, probably one of the most important things is to ensure that you have a uh, propeller installed on your engine that allows it to uh, get up to the recommended top end of the RPM range. If you have too large a propeller on there, the engine does not turn enough RPMs, and it's basically lugging the engine like driving your car up a hill, pulling a trailer behind it. So does that come into play You know, when you hear the, the, the term used as far as the pitch of the prop? It, it does. The, uh, the pitch is the final gearing on the engine. The higher the pitch, the less RPMs the engine turns, and conversely, the smaller pitch you go down with, the more RPMs the engine can turn. So does that have any bearing? Is it is the pitch pretty much solely determined on the horsepower, or is it a combination of both the horsepower and, and, and the boat itself? Well, the, what pitch uh, is, is that it is the theoretical diff, uh, distance that a propeller will travel in one revolution. So, for an example, a 26-inch propeller would theoretically move 26 inches in one revolution with no slip. Now, all propellers, as they're running through water, will have a certain percentage of slip, and it usually equates to about 15% on an average bass boat application. I see. So um, main thing is that you want to make sure that you've got the proper uh, pitch of prop matched with, with the motor that you have. And, and I'm sure that probably translate over, translates rather over into some potential loss of fuel efficiency, too. It really does. The higher pitch propellers will, uh, will get some better fuel efficiency. But, but for an example, an angler could start out with a higher pitch prop and maybe get towards the higher end of his RPM range in the cooler months, but you might find you may have to drop down a size in the summertime when the heat and humidity comes on. Well, and, you know, speaking of, of fuel efficiency, of course, we're here, uh, we've been talking a lot about this, you know, it's something that's impacted all of us, but 
Are there things, other things besides just matching and making sure we have the proper pitch of prop on the motor uh, that we can do to ensure, you know, fuel efficiency? Well, Mercury offers a line of gauges called SmartCraft gauges, and one of the nice features of those, they're very similar to today's cars, where they enable you to monitor uh, your gallons per hour. So every boat and engine combination is, is a little bit different, but it gives the uh, driver the ability to put the boat on plane and find out where his most fuel efficiency planning and operational speed is. So it, it doesn't necessarily always have to do with, let's say, if, if you have a big 250 or 225, the thought of needing to run that wide open kind of goes out the window when you're talking about fuel efficiency. You can use that smart craft gauge to kind of you know, tell you the range that you need to be at. Exactly. It will tell you uh, how many gallons an hour that the engine is burning based on the, the RPM range that the motor is running. And it will also tell you if the boat is set up uh, with the additional features, how many nautical miles that you can run based on that speed uh, with the amount of fuel that you have in the, in the gas tank. Well, that's certainly helpful, especially if you're in a tournament situation or just recreationally of, of knowing, you know, if you're on an unfamiliar lake, of, of knowing how much uh, gas you're going to need to get back to the boat dock. Exactly. Well, um, you know, another thing is concerning just mid-year tech tips. Are there things that we need to do kind of being halfway through the season here, preparing to uh, get closer into the fall uh, that we should do? Well, you would think with the escalating price of uh, gasoline that we would all be buying very high-quality gasoline for prices that are approaching $4 a gallon, but unfortunately that's not the case. And, and one of the things that I like to recommend to uh, anglers is there are products out there made by the engine manufacturers that are designed to reduce the residual or carbon deposits which rob horsepower and performance in your combustion chamber. So it's really a good idea for an angler every several tanks of gas to run these decarboning agents through the engine to help keep the piston and rings uh, free of carbon in uh, the top of the combustion chamber, also from accumul accumulating carbon. And those are just added directly into uh, the fuel tank? That's correct. Yeah. Well, I, I know certainly a lot of times, you know, just, just by spending a, an extra, a few extra dollars, uh, that can go a long way, not only on performance, but also just the longevity of the, you know, the motor. It, exactly. And the other point that I like to stress is there is a huge difference in the qualities of engine oil out there today. And uh, nobody has a vested interest in the owner's longevity of his product like the engine manufacturer. So I strongly recommend that uh, people buy uh, the correct oil for their engine uh, because their, their life expectancy will be much greater. Sure. You know, and here in our, our last closing minute or so, Mac, um, every angler and every boat owner really needs to kind of carry, I guess, some spare parts slash emergency toolkit. I know I certainly have my list. Could you give us, you know, your thoughts on what you think are the must-haves that, that are present in a boat uh, so that you, you know, don't get stranded out on the water? Uh, absolutely. That's a great question. You know, in addition to the obvious uh, safety equipment, I think it's important that a, an angler carry a spare uh, propeller, uh, a propeller wrench, propeller hardware in case you happen to drop the prop nut in the water. And the Mercury propellers feature something called a flow torque 2 hub, which is designed to break upon impact. So if you have an extra one of those in the boat, you, the angler can take his boat to the ramp and uh, change his hub kit and salvage his weekend. He can keep going and catch more fish. Well, exactly, and that's what it's all about, and I certainly would probably add to that, you know, making sure that uh, you also have some hand tools, both metric and standard, because you never know, you know, if it's a trolling motor or, or uh, like you said, on the prop or, or just whatever. You want to make sure that you've got the tools necessary to make that quick adjustment. 
That is correct. Well, Mac, uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, but thank you so much uh, for taking time to be on the edge and, and really uh, provide us with a lot of great information. Any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Hey, we're very appreciative that you uh, gave us the opportunity today, and we'd like to remind folks uh, to go to VASAGE.com under Ask the Pros or go to Mercury Marine's website at www.mercurymarine.com for some great information on additional products, tests, and, and engine applications. Well, Mac, uh, once again, thank you so much and uh, look forward to seeing you again in the near future. Thank you, Aaron, very much. When I'm fishing in a tournament, time is critical. I need fast, easy access to my lures. My Cook's go-to tackle system keeps my bait organized, tangle-free, and within easy reach. It installs in minutes under any deck lid, maximizing the storage space in my boat. And its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions. Get organized with Cook's Tackle System by calling 1-888-390-8780 or online at cooksgoto.com. Welcome back to The Edge. Hi, welcome back to The Edge, folks. And you know what? That inside edge gets better each and every week. Mac Archer, huh? Yeah, and you know, there's nothing like getting some uh, great information here midway that we can make some adjustments. But I, I, I don't know if you realize this, but I've often heard, but just the fact that he put uh, kind of his factual knowledge behind it and kind of confirmed that, you know, you do lose horsepower in the summer months, I found that very interesting. Yeah, well, I, the thing I liked most about that interview was the pitch on the prop. Yeah, yeah, and and I agree. I, I think because when you hear, you know, if you're running a, a 25 or a 27, okay, what does that mean? Is that just some random number that is assigned to a uh, parts number that's assigned to the prop, or um, does that have, you know, any relevancy of, of, of what the, the prop actually does? And I thought Max's explanation by describing that, it, let's say if it's a 27, that is the distance that it will propel the boat in one revolution. So if it's a 27-pitch prop, it will go 27 inches forward or uh, of course, I don't know if it goes backwards, but I'm assuming it only applies to forward motion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so obviously, therefore, a 25, it's only going to go 25. So chances are that's probably going to have a little bit less speed because of the distance thing, uh, but it might have a little bit better hole shot and a little bit better power. Yeah, well, I think that's going to help a lot of people fine-tune their boat for the, the waters that they're on. Yeah. So. Not only I mean, that, I, I think, you know, just his advice on, on the tools and uh, spare parts to carry with you, boy, that can save you a lot of headaches uh, from, from being broke down. Yeah, well, we've all been there. Yeah. I've been towed in more than once. <laughs> so there you go. Hey, latest uh, Bass Edge merchandise. What's uh, new? Anything new? Nope. Everything's uh, holding holding the same, and uh, we'll be getting some uh, those promotional codes that we've talked about uh uh, out shortly, and you know, just um, just everything's pretty holding pretty tight. Well, I know one thing's new. They got new video clips. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that that happens. That's pretty much each and every week. You know, mm-hmm. um, the there's two that comes out, and then obviously, just to point out again about the e newsletter. You know, those video clips are basically exclusive to the e newsletter, so you're only getting about half the action uh, if you're not subscribed up to that. But uh, a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, I know we don't have a question this week, but if you do. Go to the Ask the Pro section and fill that out with your complete address and everything. And we read it here. You're going to get a nice little thank you sent in the mail. So please make sure you do that. And uh, Aaron, also, the uh, what about the widgets? Does that they still can get those applications for their home, their home computers, right? No question. Just click on there. Very self-explanatory. Downloads and uh, you're good to go. All right. And don't forget, folks. Uh, Bass Edge can be seen almost daily now, if not daily. 
on the World Fishing Network. So there's a new network for you to check that out, and I know you guys are happy about that. Very happy, and uh, just wanted to you know throw a thanks out. Keep the questions and all the good feedback uh, coming in, and um, you know they're under the Ask the Pro section. Love, yeah, love and don't forget from. to check out the promo codes either because you can save some money. Exactly. Or they, is it, what's the technical term on that, bundling? Yeah, I guess. Are we bundling? <laughs> We're bundling. Okay, yeah. yeah we I, I don't know. I'm asking. <laughs> no, you are. You're right. You, you, I always just, uh, you, you crack me up. But no, that is the correct, that is the correct terminology. Just want to make sure I, I'm able sure. to say we're bundling yeah, you know, here on the edge. That's exactly. crazy. Bundle, bundle. I, I, What's up I, next week? Uh, next week, uh, we have a surprise on the angler side, but I also have confirmed that Bob Lesk is going to be back to talk about fishing hot water, which uh, that certainly seems applicable this time of year. Well, where are you off to now? I'm literally going to have to check my schedule. I think the next uh, area that we go to, believe it or not, is going to be all the way out on the West Coast on California. We'll be doing filming three shows out there, so I look forward to that. Well, hey, you're going to have to go to In-N-Out Burger while you're there. I hear you. Have you ever been there? Have not. You have not been to In-N-Out Burger? I have not, but okay, I've heard Okay, I want to report when you come back from In-N-Out Burger. I'll do it. All right. Folks, we need to get out of here. Thank you so much for joining us. For Aaron Martin, this is Outdoors Dan. We'll see you next time right here on The Edge. Bass Edge would like to thank the following sponsors who make The Edge audio program possible. Ditch Witch, Mother's Waxes and Polishes, B&W Trailer Hitches, MegaWare Keel Guard, Cook's Tackle Management Systems, Ardent, Rule the Water, Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Superstar Batteries, and the Clarks Hill Partnership of Georgia. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com. Be sure to join us next week on The Edge.